there's troubles that are inside of our world, and especially what I'm thinking about right now is the United States, oftentimes the first recourse is we should pray. We should pray, which I would agree, we should pray. And we all always think that prayer is going to be our fix. The problem with that is that we just think prayer is going to be in our fix, but what's our responsibility? Maybe God has some kind of conditions that he wants to help us to see when we're going along the way. Rather than just looking at God as somebody who's going to just bless us simply because we're America, maybe there's something else to it. We're getting at that now. So my thoughts and my my topic here this morning is we're going to be talking about revival. And, and what a revival means is a revival implies that there used to be life inside of something at one point, and life needs to be breathed back into it again. Now, in the beginning, I was talking about us being inside of, say, the United States. We see things that are going on. Things don't look so great. If you're a, a Christian, you know, you're a churchgoer at the very least, you know, you you think that what you see outside the walls of your church and what you see as far as the Bible is concerned, it doesn't add up. There's a lot of troubles. So what are we going to do about it? The fact of the matter is that we need a revival. We need life breathed back into us as the church. So we need a revival, but then we need an awakening. And an awakening is when society at large uh, awakens to their need for God. And to do this, I want to take a very familiar passage of Scripture that most people have probably heard quoted in some way, shape, or form. And I would like to bring that to our attention right now. So that's 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And it reads, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I want to read that one more time. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin. So here we have God's prescription. Now, I know that things don't translate perfectly here because what God is doing at this moment is he's talking about the nation of Israel, which was a theocracy. So God was um, the judge over that nation. He was their king, so to speak, uh, though they did have kings at times as well. But the political and the moral were were melded together under this uh, situation here with the uh, people of Israel. Now, we have troubles here in that Solomon has taken over the throne that David, his father, had beforehand, and it's a time of peace. And Solomon started off well, but he is dedicating the temple, uh, and that has been some of the the idea throughout all this, is that now they're this new place, and he's saying, okay, if things happen really bad, then here's what needs to happen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And so how does that apply to us now? Well, in that time, the people of Israel turn away from God and go in a wrong direction. And it's not going to be anybody else's responsibility. It's going to be your responsibility if you're a child of God. If you love God, it's your responsibility. It's nobody else's, right? He said, if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek uh, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear uh, heal their land, excuse me. So it's it's God's people where this starts. There's another scripture in one of the epistles of Peter where it says 
that judgment begins in the house of God. So this is really the burden of my heart at this moment is that, and I believe it's God's burden. It's happened over and over and over again throughout history. We're in such a place right now in America um, where there are so many, I, I don't know, so many churches, so many people, so many organizations that claim the name of Christ that are lacking the purity, lacking the power of God. And I'm not just trying to say this like, oh, I, I've got it all figured out and you don't. It's just, it's something to notice. Church has become more of a place of entertainment where you can go inside of a church building. There's a coffee pump in there. You can get your coffee cup filled up. You go and sit down, you drink your coffee cup. We, we see a band basically play with lights and smoke and all this, and they hype everything up in this kind of an emotionalism. And then they give us some kind of TED talk a little thing for us to digest so we can feel good about ourselves and and go back home. The problem is, is that what is really happening when people go back home? Are people really surrendering themselves to Christ? Are they living for Jesus Christ? Or is this just, just kind of some social thing they do where they go to church and they see people and, you know, kind of Jesus is the addition to their life. The thing that bothers me so much is that Oftentimes we can go to some of these churches and they have all these programs, right? Churches everywhere throughout the United States, they have all these programs, but they don't have the power of God. They don't have the life of God breathing in them, changing people's lives. And I guess what I'm, I'm getting at too is I've read, and I've probably not read, there's others that have read more than I have concerning uh, re major revivals of religion and awakenings. But when you read those things and it breathes the spirit of the New Testament church, the thought is, why isn't that happening now? Or we need this to happen now. So desperately, we need this to happen now. There are ministers that claim the name of Christ that are telling people just to, you know, accept Jesus into your life. And, and you know, now you're a part of our church or whatever, but th these people have not been freed from their sin. They're still in their bondage of sin. And what are they going to do about that? What are they going to do with the eternity that's ahead of them? And I just, I, I just want it to be that, we as, as Christian people, we hold the answer. We hold the key in our hands as to how we're supposed to handle this and what's supposed to happen. He said, if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, so there's a condition here as we're listening. There's a condition. It, it starts with us, God's people. It's so easy for us as God's people, we point out there and we say, it's all these people's fault. It's, it's the humanistic people that are in government. It's their fault. They're doing wicked things, which they are doing wicked things. It's, it's you know, the, the abortion in our nation and now judgment is coming upon us for murdering babies. Well, that could be true as well. Oh, it's the LGBTQ movement and all the wicked things that they're allowing to happen. And it's when they took prayer out of school. It's, it's this, this, and this. And the finger gets pointed all over the place. When the finger naturally needs to be pointed at us, the church, according to God, it's going to be us that starts this. Judgment comes upon a, a nation, upon a people for what they do, right? And if the church is not a healthy church, if the church is not doing what it's supposed to do, then we're part of the problem. We're supposed to be the salt and light in the earth. We're supposed to be that which is leavening society and that is, is, is holding back wickedness. We're like the conscience of society. But when we just kind of go right along with what's happening, we not end up being the conscience anymore. We're getting swallowed up by society. It's such an awful thing to look inside of the church 
and to see people that say they love Jesus Christ, and yet you can tell by the way that they dress, by the things that they love and the things that they do and they consume and spend their time on, by their attitudes, by their convictions, that they're in love with the world. And the Bible says, if you have the love in the world, uh, the love of the world in you, then the love of the Father is not in you. So you're fooling yourself because friendship with the world is at enmity with God. It's against God. We can't be a friend of the world and be a friend of God's at the same time because they butt heads, they, they hold different values, different worldviews. And so what do we do with all of this? We need God so badly. And it's awful to see that there's those that that hype themselves up in a certain place because they like the name, they like the prestige, they like the money, they like the fame, you know, they like a following. And yet, where's the glory of Christ in the matter? That's what we need most of all. Where's the glory of Jesus Christ? We need to get a hold of a picture of Jesus like, you know, we can read about in the one of the awakenings with Charles Finney, um, or you can read about it with Jonathan Edwards. You can read about the Methodist revival in England or the Salvation Army. They had such a high view of God. And we have gotten such a low view of God where we take him down from where he is and we bring him into this place where he kind of fits in my pocket. Jesus is my best friend. And when I have really bad days, he just helps me feel better. You know, sometimes that can be a byproduct of us walking with God, but that's not the whole point. We need Jesus for holiness, for power, for purity, so that his kingdom can go forward. That's the whole purpose of why the church even exists, where his bride and the spirit and the bride are calling people to say, come, come into the fold of Jesus Christ so that you can be a part of his kingdom. You can be a part of his people and you can be a part of that eternal uh, life in heaven. But otherwise, you know, you, you might miss that. So it starts with us. We've got to repent. And he said, if my people, so these are ones that, that call themselves by Christ's name. That's my people. Do you call yourself by Christ's name? If my people, which are called by my name, do you call yourself by Jesus' name? He's saying it starts with you. Forget about pointing your finger everywhere else and all the other problems that are everywhere. Those problems we can acknowledge and say, yeah, that's really happening. But we have to look into ourselves first. If my people, so what do we do? This is where we humble ourselves before God. This is where we bow down before him. We say, God, you see my heart. You know who I am. You see the deep places of my heart. You know what happens in secret. You know what happens, just the thoughts that nobody else knows. You know all of those things. Lord, what, what do you see in me? What do I need to do? Search me, oh God, and try me and know my heart and see if there's any evil or wicked way in me and lead me in the way of life everlasting. That's what we do as God's people. Is there something that's tarnished, you know, our armor, so to speak, where it should have been shining brightly. Now it's just, it's tarnished. It doesn't have the shine to it anymore because along the way, we've somehow just been in neglect. Is that happening in our lives? Are we neglecting God? Are there things that we're supposed to be doing that we're not doing? Or are there things that we are doing that we shouldn't be doing? Where are we standing in the spectrum? Those are searching questions that you and I need to ask. Where are we? So it's it's us. It's if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, if you have been listening to this and this has been a help to you and it's stirring your heart already, then please like, subscribe, um, hit the uh, notification bell, put comments down below, get a discussion going. Let's try and sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. And also go to godsresistance.com for more material. Now let's go back to this scripture portion here. But he said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. The only thing I can really think about in, in recent uh, history is, 
You know, when loads of Christians were praying, when the election time was coming up and the Capitol was filled with all people, we're going to have a day of prayer. We're just going to seek God's face because we don't want things to go into the hands of the, you know, the, the communistic, humanistic agenda. And so people thought Trump is against that communistic, humanistic agenda. And so they're praying, oh God, help that Trump would be our president or something like that. And they're praying almost as if we have a right and a privilege, like America is God's special pet. Now, no doubt, America has contributed uh, to a lot of, of good missionary enterprises and so many different things have come out of America, but we've lost our mooring. And now we're we're in such a place of wickedness and such. The thing is, people will go to great lengths to travel miles and miles to go to the Capitol when they're having a rally like this, and, and they'll, they'll call out to God as if there's some special privilege, but we're not humbling ourselves. Sure, there's maybe sometimes the general humbling, oh God, forgive us as America, but what about you? What about the things you need to humble yourself for? What about the way that you speak to your wife? What about the way you speak to your husband? What about the way you speak to your children or treat your children? What about how you spend your money? What about how you waste your time? What about the language you use in your mouth? What about the music you listen to? What about the TV shows that you watch or the movies you watch? What about the Netflix movies that you have consumed and watched? What about all of the things that you spend your time with and leave God kind of as a second thought about things? What about all of that? This is the thing that we need to deal with. We need to humble ourselves before God. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. So yes, we do need to pray, but we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that we may be exalted in due time. Have you done that, dear listener? Are you doing that? Because we can pray until we're blue in the face, but if we do not humble ourselves and in our humbling and praying, seeking God's face means seeking his ways and his will and what he wants and turning from our wicked ways, which means repentance, we're not going to get anything changed in this world. We need a Holy Ghost revival in the church and it begins with you. So we need to seek God. We need to seek him with all of our hearts. We need to have a heart that says, I hate all wickedness and I want God to be front and center. And if that is where you are right now, then I pray that you bow down to the Lord Jesus Christ, be open with him, confess your sins and see if he will not answer with a blessing. Until next time, join the resistance, God's resistance. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com. We would love to get together with you, to talk with you, even if it's got to be over the phone. And we're also in the Wilkes-Barre Public Square every Wednesday at 5 p.m. and every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. We hope to see you there.